Welcome to Past Bedtime Talks, a brand new series from Past Bedtime Studio where we discuss storytelling, production, a host of related topics, and anything else we find influential in our creative pursuits. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and visit us at pastbedtimestudio.com for more information. I'm your host, Shahab Mir, and today I'm sitting down with the founders of Past Bedtime Studio and creators of Philips Apocalypse, Ben Arjang and Jeremy B. Steven. Okay, so how are you guys? Good. Doing good, thank you very much. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for calling me, for having, having me here. Uh, okay, so let's start with the, how did you uh, start liking an idea of writing music and stuff and uh, how it helps you guys to join and uh, create this podcast? Uh, well, for me, I started playing the violin at the age of three. So that was kind of my introduction into music, really. Um, and it's kind of been a part of my life since then. I do it professionally. I'm a professional violinist, but I kind of got into writing in high school. That was sort of my um, my introduction into writing. It was like poetry and sci-fi. And I read a lot in high school. Have you ever had any fan fiction about... Oh, no. Sci-fi? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. I haven't gone that far, but I've written a lot of poetry and uh, short stories and that kind of thing. Nice. What's yeah. your favorite book that you've read? Maybe oh, poetry? Yeah, anything. That's tough. My favorite book. I might have to think about that. I well, I'll tell, tell you the, the book that I've read most recently huh? was Artemis by um, uh, the same guy who wrote uh, The Martian. Andy the Weir, movie Martian? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The guy who wrote the book originally. Okay. Yeah, he wrote this uh, new one called Artemis. Nice. It's really good. What else? What's your hobbies? What's your favorite hobby to do in your pastimes? Well, I mean, kind of the the burden of being a musician is that it's your life and your hobby and and kind of everything. It's all consuming a little bit. But um, on the side, uh, I I collect uh, vintage games like Nintendo stuff. Nice. So that's my that's my kind of hobby, I guess I would say. And I mean, I love movies and video games and all that kind of stuff too. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, lots of enjoyable stuff. Nice. What's your favorite game? Oh. Well, I, I assume that you're a Nintendo fan. That's for sure. I'm a Nintendo fan. Yeah. Um, I would say one of the games that made a huge impact on me was Journey. Um, and Not the Journey on uh, the the independent game, the indie game. Yeah, the indie That's game. That's the one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. There that was, is a really beautiful game. Yeah, there was something about it that really struck me. It was kind of a, an amazing fusion of um, minimalist storytelling with a really great score and soundtrack by Austin Wintry. Nice. So that yeah. game really made a big impact on me. I would also say like The Last of Us was another big influence. Of course. Yeah, it just kind of nailed that um, zombie genre really well and sort of, you know, not so much focusing on the the disease aspect of it but really the human characters within it right yeah so ben how uh tell me about yourself tell me about how what are your hobbies what are your uh interests and how did you start just joining that joining this podcast uh to be honest i don't know i like i like creating stuff i like to see it being part of it observe it uh, whatever it uh Anything that to do with making stuff, I guess. Uh, when I was doing engineering, and um, when I was studying engineering, and I'm still doing programming, uh, the theme was the same. 
you observe systems, you make them, and I do the same thing in here. And like I like that's 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 the part of story making that appeals to me. It's the making part. When you want to make some real life uh, system or product, you really have to think about the overhead and the process uh, the, of it. The process. Yeah. The, you need to worry about the size, about dimension. It has a lot of overhead about who's going to buy it, who's going to consume it, when it's going to be consumed, uh, st standard policies, uh, bylaws, a lot of things. But in story, everything is up to you. Makes it difficult a lot of times because you need to be very consistent and very diligent in setting up uh, the axioms and assumptions of your story. So what are but, kind of like challenges you would face that process? Uh, to be honest, cross-checking, making sure that for me, I enjoy it. I don't even want to call it a, uh, a challenge. Uh, it's it's the, the pull, really. It's what uh, keeps me uh, wanting to do it more. It's, act, it's the challenge, as you said, when you, when you have to go through the story that you have set and you've made the world that you have created, and try to figure out uh, what are the things that don't make sense, what are the things that are not appealing, what, what are the paradigms of the story, what's the mindset of the people, feeling really sympathetic for the characters, what are their uh, incentive, what's, what's their motivation, why they do something, why they don't do something, all of these things kind of contribute again to that whole uh, idea of making something. You make a system and then you really tweak the parameters, you make sure that you fine tune it. And I enjoy that. I enjoyed it uh, when I was doing engineering and I mean, programming, making whatever, uh, and also in story. I think uh, it's pretty cool. It's really refreshing when you, when you look back and you kind of go through the process that you have uh, th that you've been connecting through. the dots and, yeah exactly yeah. the connecting the dots I think is the yeah. most joyful part I can actually relate to you uh, because right now I'm a student uh, in University of Manitoba and I study uh, film studies right now at uh, UFM and the idea of being a film student is also they're, they're, they're teaching us how to observe and how to see the the movies uh, perspectives uh, this mo see the movies angles to see the movies uh, uh, parts of creation the process of the how the dots are connected and how um, a story is related to the character how the character is trying to portray what they are portraying so this kind of process I can relate to you uh, it, it teaches me how um, understand and how to write and how to see my like uh, see myself in in that character it's really interesting and uh, i'm gonna ask what makes made you want to do this uh, miniseries podcast i really what uh you... yeah no um of course uh, you, uh, i was just asked and i said yes but uh <laughs> that's pretty much the whole story but um i was uh, i really really wanted uh, to uh have a podcast of my own for a long time, I was thinking of creating a, a podcast, uh, a personal podcast, uh, to have and like to talk about many many things, many different things. Uh, talk about music and uh, video games. Kind of have anything, a broad idea of uh, things to talk about. And uh, when the chat, when the, uh, the opportunity came and you asked me for this uh, mini mini series, I 
definitely said yes, why not? Because it kind of helps me uh, to uh, uh, to also learn and exp- like learn from the experience and learn how to start a, a podcast. Uh, um, I forgot to ask you, Ben. Uh, what are your hobbies? Like, what what do you like to do? What's like? Do you like video games, movies? What what is it? <laughs> to be honest, everything. everything. I really don't have. I can't say I have a hobby. Uh, so in your pastime, you what do you do? My pastime right now. I mean, for the past last few months. Bedtime. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> past bedtime. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, exactly. The past the past few months past time has been past bedtime oh that's that's uh, great <laughs> the uh, what i enjoy to be honest i'm I, sorry uh, my my dear uh, viewers uh, no pun intended yeah on. yeah i want to ask you one last thing yeah. what do you like about hearing other people's conversations in a podcast um when i when i listen to p- other people's podcasts um I just imagine. I just close my eyes. Imagine that I am sitting with them, but I don't. I don't. I. I, I don't exist on that uh, present. I don't exist on that uh, area. So I close my eyes and imagine that actually people are sitting in front of me. They're having a talk, and I'm just listening to it. Because um, I could. Re- uh, I could tell you, back when I was a kid, when I was like a s- super tiny boy. Uh, I used to, uh, like, my parents used to take me to, you know, a relative's house and, like, uh, people back in uh, Iran. And uh, when you are a kid in, in, in the culture, in Iranian culture, you have to always be quiet and listen to elders talk. And that just kind of moved on to me to now that I am. Uh, I love listening to the conversation of elders. I like to listen to mm. what they are talking about. It could be business, it could be politics, it could be any kind of thing. And I just love to listen to that and, you know, take some tiny points about each conversation and just like have an opinion about myself. I could tell I could tell you that my identity is created by listening to others. I enjoy l- getting information uh, from just a normal conversation. I love to listen. But at the same time, I love to talk. I love to also bring out what I've got. It's kind of an entry and out, and, and like an input and an output kind of thing. It's a simple, but it's that's how I um, enjoy listening to podcasts because uh, getting information is super easy. Uh, it's just that getting the right information is how you distinguish uh, in, in a conversation. Like uh, I could sit down and talk about. Uh, Um, let's imagine a movie. Let's talk about uh, Justice League, the movie. I could s- listen to it and I could see a bunch of negative points of, of that movie. But then there's always those. There's always n- uh, some positive things about that movie that in the conversation will be br- brought up. So I would just pickpocket them, you know, mm. pickpocket them, and you know, have that opinion of two sides of positiveness and negativeness. Great. Right. So nothing's ever kind of black and white. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. I think I think the real wo- the color of the world is gray. You find everything in in the world, yeah. bad yeah. and good. And I think that's that's kind of important as an artist too is to is to see everything in that in that way where you can um, quickly distinguish between negative and positive qualities, not just like oh this was bad, I hate it automatically. You know, yeah, there's exactly. always always something to learn from everything in a way. Exactly. Uh, well, I want to also talk about myself and my background. Uh, I already told you guys that I'm a student. Um, 
film studies right now um, and I genuinely am really interested on uh, creating a movie like mm. I, uh, from past year I've been when I got into film studies uh, arts faculty and film studies major I um, at the beginning I didn't have any idea to be honest because I, I didn't know what I wanted to be I enjoyed back in when I started university I enjoyed video games and I had this idea of okay I love video games I want to make new video games so I went for uh, computer science uh, programming and um, when I got into the world of programming it was completely um, a shock to me because you know as, as an Iranian uh, boy uh, who learned English to come to a country of uh, English speaking uh, I, it, it was a, it was a different a difficult challenge for me to learn a new language from from my own mother tongue and when I got here I had to learn another language which is programming a computer which completely completely is hard to understand in my opinion uh, but it's, it's it's a possible thing and I and it was um, tough and challenging for me to understand programming aspects of uh, computer and it was it, 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 it took me it took me I, w- I would be honest with you guys it would took me a year and a half to understand that maybe this is not my hmm. uh, cup of tea yeah. you know this is not this is something that I'm wasting my time right now I'm, I uh, the time is valuable and um, I'm wasting money so I talked to many people I talked to Ben a couple of times uh, he gave me a lot of um, uh, pointers about what's my personality what I like I talked to my parents and they talked to me about what I am really good at mm-hmm. uh, and they said you know you should try something with movies and something about storytelling because you love about movies you love uh, to talk about them and and, uh, and I had interest I never thought about it as of as of something real something uh, professional but as a carrier but when I when surround my people people around me then they gave me that hope and that push and the courage I got interest and I was like yeah I'm I'm hooked to this uh, film world and I love to try it and I, I and I and I find myself more happy bef- from before because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm I'm super passionate about something that I really like and I like to talk about right and it it really it really showed me the true path i would say yeah um it's interesting that you say um you know with uh, that you started computer programming because in a way you know like you said it's a it's a new language and yeah. music is very much a new language i agree it's a totally different language <clears throat> and if you don't start you know as a young person it's really difficult it takes a lot of effort to get fluent in that language if you don't start young exactly so yeah i can understand that challenge it's really interesting um I actually do believe that programming, uh, that's my thought. It hasn't been scientifically proven, and this is a big claim. Mm-hmm. But I think you use a, I think you use your language part of your brain, the language part of your brain to program. At the beginning, yeah. you, while you are uh, rationalizing it, you may be using your logic. But I think after a while, it's, you start to talk to it, in fact. And, uh, to connect that, to it. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, you yeah. use your the, the the brain part, the language part of your brain. It's just the same reason that's why kids can pick up a language really fast, and yeah. that's why they can uh, uh, learn how to use a computer much faster. Yeah, and it, so I think there's really a language element to it. Yeah, that's my. Well, the I, brains I of kids that. are so like 
malleable. Yes. And you can, you know, if you introduce them to something young and they keep at it, you know, their brains are so pliable. They can, they can grow. Yeah. yeah, They can grow into it and understand it on a level that's, you know, almost impossible for an adult who starts that same thing later on. But um, actually, uh, speaking of language, uh, this is why I really liked Arrival. Uh, have you seen that movie? Oh, of course. Arrival? Yeah. Arrival. Oh, yeah. my God. That's so, my favorite movie. Yeah. So that movie. 2017, I believe, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the reason I brought that up is because um, I think like the whole point of that movie was really to show how language influences the way you think and process time. And I think that's very true. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I there is a big question that if you could not talk any language, could you could you think? Right. Can True. you think in no language? So I mean, then it there's a big whole. There's a whole thing about it, like dyslexia and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of tests. I, there's a scientific background behind it. I'm not familiar with it, but I've read a bit on it. But I don't think anyone has really looked at the programming side. I think even programmers kind of migrate uh, the functionality from. Um, it's just like when you learn a new language. Uh, at the beginning, you have to formulate the sentences. Mm-hmm. After a while, your brain picks it up, and you don't really have to ask yourself, is this a verb? Do I have to conjugate it? Mm-hmm. What time is it? You just talk. So uh, I think you, I agree with you. It's a language that uh, it's definitely a third, I don't know, yeah, four, third fifth fourth, language that you, have, that, that you have to pick up. You know, about apparently we have this um, good theme about language I just thought about something really smart um, <laughs> I love it uh, I, f- I think that language is um, is a way for our brain to talk in the world to bring it out it's, it, uh, let's imagine of the, like how uh, programming right you enter a code and then you you know you you, you collect it, it right. and you, you complex it and you compile it mm-hmm. and then you got the result I think that the coding of is our thought and our brain and uh, our brain tries yeah exactly they compile it and and the the output is the language we speak and how we interact with each other and that's really interesting and yeah it's like carl sagan Sagan, i don't know if he said i don't know if it was him or if it was um neil degrasse tyson but they on uh, they they kind of made this idea that like the purpose of sentient life is for the universe to be able to observe itself exactly so it's kind of related the same way like what you're talking about with coding was it uh, on um, what was that? Uh, I know the show that Neil deGrasse is in it. It's also Carl Sagan. It, well, he continued the Carl Sagan's show. Cosmos. Cosmos, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's from it. I love that yeah. show too. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite. Um, about my hobbies, I forgot to explain to that. Uh, I love video games. I love video games to the death. I don't know why would I say that. What but, kind? Uh, I love story telling story yeah story driven uh, games well you could think of uh, playing games like uh, fortnite or counter strike something mm-hmm. like you just have tough tactical. You know, inter- tactical to just sit down with friends and play but i love storytelling uh, games especially uh, uh assassin creed series oh my god that see this series is my favorite because of the story arc that they go through uh, and how uh, they had so um, about Assassin's Creed. They have this outer uh, story art of the present day, and then they go back in machines and go back in time, and they sub, you know, they 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 they, they sub uh, collect some stories of their ancient the ancient ancestors. So they take cover uh, the the Renaissance uh, era, uh, uh, 
era of uh, Ezio Auditore, and then they go to uh, the the Pirates Day of uh, the Pirate Black Pri- Pirates. They become some story, and then they go to the future. Uh, well, to to London uh, Victorian era, and then they just go back all the way to Egypt. It, I love the storytelling of how they start this, and then they have this whole collective uh, present story. Um, yeah, that would be my favorite game, and I'm, I'm still playing Origins right now. Uh, that's really interesting. <clears throat> uh, I want to talk about how this. Uh, how did you guys start this company? How? Why? Why past time? Uh, past bedtime. Sorry. How? Why past bedtime? A, stu- a studio. Why? Do you mean the namesake? Like yeah, why sure. We call- the, the progress of how do you guys like started this? Uh, right. Uh, kind of company and uh, w- and uh, ha- and then after that let's go and start with about Philips. Well, why this story came up and why of Philips apocalypse. Sure. I think we both have our own mm, approach story? towards yeah a story to tell. I think. Uh, I personally, as I said, I really was uh, looking for making something. I realized that uh, the telling story appeals to me much more than I initially thought. I think in that, in that sense, me and you, Shab, are yes. very similar. But yeah. we kind of discounted how interested we are. And the other thing was, in fact, my active uh, pursuit of suspending my disbelief. All right. I think I was, if something was too, if it didn't have certain elements, I really don't know what those elements were, it would not ap- appeal to me if I feel like I'm too distant from uh, the subject matter. But can't remember what triggered me. I think it was the question that, well, if you accept the premise, then what? And that's a light, I think the time, uh, the time that the light bulb went on uh, in my head. And I realized that, yeah, if I can suspend my disbelief, and if I can accept the premise, then a lot of things make a lot more sense suddenly. You can step really into a different world, and uh, the same thing happens even in science. You know, for example, the idea, one of the ideas for multiverses, if some of the basic parameters of the world was different, uh, we would have a different world. And then they would and continue to say... And time is connecting the multiverse, I think. Yeah, they say then, how come our universe has the right parameters, ex- the exactly right parameters? Uh, same, it's the same thing over there. W- what if some of these properties of, of our world was different? It's really a game, you know? It's, uh, you you analyze, ana- analyze the consequences of your earlier decisions, the axioms, assumptions, whatever, your principles, and uh, I that started to appeal to me more and more. And I wrote a few short stories, showed them to Jeremy, and I think uh, the time was just right that Jeremy was also looking f- to, to work on something. In fact, Jeremy had talked to me about mm-hmm. doing a talk show similar to what your idea is and similar to this uh, little show that we have. But uh, at the time, I didn't know if I have anything to say. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I but uh, at the other hand, I was really interested. I would have been interested to it. I realized I would be interested in it if I can if there's the element of curation in it and not just talking. Mm-hmm. So I discussed that with Jeremy and Jeremy so happened to have the right, I think, subject matter and everything was just right. I it's think. just built up in a good yeah. way. 
What about you, Jeremy? How did that start it um, from your perspective? Well, uh, Ben had, I mean, I got to know Ben because he uh, was working on something with a former roommate of mine and he would you know, come over every night and they'd be you know, downstairs working on their project. And I was thinking like, huh, that would be really cool if, uh, you know, I had someone like that who was equally invested in a project and, you know, we could work on it together. And uh, so my roommate, of course, uh, had to leave the country, but uh, Ben was, you know, still looking for something to do. And I, I had this sort of podcast idea. It was more talk related actually to do with movies. I thought, you know, what if we got four friends together and we just sat down for an hour after seeing a movie and just talked about it. Um, but then um, I don't remember exactly how we got into the idea of audio drama. I think, uh, well, I showed you the uh, the little uh, story, the short story that, right, I, that right. I wrote. And, and then I asked you, do you want to do anything? Um, I think at the beginning, I wasn't even sure that I remember. I wasn't sure that you want to what you want to do with this story. Right. But then very f because you guys at were the not time, on the same page on that. Part. Well, I didn't know at the time how much Jeremy has spent time in um, voiceover and storytelling world. I just didn't know, know that aspect of right. him. But uh, because of Michael's, I mean. We haven't talked a lot about him still, but because of Michael's work on pot, on Phillips Apocalypse, I think that was our biggest guide because there was already a framework. Yeah. When we started going through our options, this stood out because it was the most developed and Michael and his talent was there. So we thought that uh, why not? Why not realize the um, the abilities, the, the, the structure that's already there? Why not um, realize its potential? Yeah. And not only that, but um, when Michael was first making uh, uh, this this series, you know, back in his teens, um, he had always sort of intended on doing more with it. And uh, I, I think it was my, my first year of university here that he was like, you know, I want to do more with Philip's Apocalypse. Uh, and so I wrote him an episode. And uh, I really was proud of it. I really liked it. The writing itself and the story and everything like that and uh, so when we kind of came up with the idea of doing an audio drama um, that piece that I had written uh, I think it was I was like what if we just start from there you know and build a new kind of direction but right. still retaining these the these basics. elements yeah that these elements that Michael had established with the character and the atmosphere um, yeah I think it was kind of a natural fit Right. Um, the idea was there also, I, th I think it grew faster than we expected, mm. to be honest. Mm. We, we wrote episode one, which turned out into episode two, and then we wrote an, a new episode one. And that, I think, reversal of, uh, of time um, and that whatever, just, just the experience of writing it, kind of opened up new prospects and uh, I think it took off from there really I guess the the story guided us and uh, the more we went into it we I think we also had uh, a few things that we wanted to add for example Jeremy's musical background music or musical background uh, really guided us as well because we realized that we can r make all of these uh, peripheral 
mediums for example drawing or even even at some point i was i still would like to continue on that i thought if you can tell a story or show something using uh, the natural elements of a website that uh, is unique and interesting on its own it has limited uh, capability uh, but it is i think something that hasn't been fully realized or i think i can add a bit to it really at the end and when we added all of these things like okay let's make some artwork for it let's make some music and let's use the website in a different way all of these things uh, the entire spectrum of what we did really guided the story and we realized that me i think we have something to say uh, we sort of started earlier on where we were going to share the writing duties but i think our voices were so different we realized we needed one consistent voice so you know for that reason i'm doing the writing but you know the story and plot design is really uh, I think it's sure, a result yeah, of both of sure, our efforts. Yes. Yeah. It usually, we come up with an idea, we resolve it, and then we explore it. We compare to the things that we have established in the past. I think that's pre pretty much uh, might be the standard operation procedure for most people. Yeah. You say something, you explore it, you realize that it doesn't work out or it does work out. And uh, I guess there are a lot of times that you just walk in doing your daily life then suddenly hits something hits you in the head yeah. and you're like oh i really can't connect what jeremy said to what he said in the past and then my idea about this yeah. <laughs> and then in fact that's i think the most enjoyable time that i when everything clicks and you're like mm, okay. this is so interesting you can explore it further the yeah. moment when the, the light bulb just lights up and goes on yeah exactly head. well ben sort of um we had started by designing scenarios Mm -hmm. So we'd say like, okay, let's just come up with a scenario like that we could develop into story material. And Ben sort of came up with this idea uh, about a building, more or less, that was intended to be like, I don't know, a one-episode deal. Right. And then everything kind of, you know, as we were developing it, we realized, oh, you know, this can have much more significance. We can grow out of this small idea and really create something big out of this. So, you know, the scenario... Uh, way of doing things uh, right. seem to work preliminarily, you know, as a small way of just creating isolated events right. that you can maybe string together at some point. And a few experimental things, for example, the part that is, I wish more people would uh, would enjoy it, is the part that uh, we call heightened hearing. Mm -hmm. It's uh, when Philip med med uh, meditates or controls his nerves and uh, explores the inside of the building mm -hmm. so that was more something I've learned from I mean some one of the engineering principles is prototyping you make right. something in isolation and try to connect it now to the context and to other stuff so that was what maybe um, the part that we added uh, took some time for us to formulate it realize what's in our mind how can be communicated to the audience even right now i don't know if it's very obvious about the, the, the heightened hearing part if the audience really sees it the way we have but at the same time that is uh, that has been the most interesting part getting people's feedback on it everybody sees it differently so they interpret it some people say oh i thought philip is doing this some other people say philip was doing that the interesting part is it's subjective because it's everyone subjective, having their own perspective but there's yeah, a exactly. similar theme mm -hmm. 
Yeah. There's a similar thing. People uh, come up with something that is still comparable. Right. It's not uh, so. We did add some uh, embellishment to it. I think mm. the music was the part that probably took the most effort like, for the f- yeah. first episode because, as Jeremy said, the the big structure of the first episode was there already. And since we have written many more episodes after that, it kind of um, solidifies the things that you have to say over the first episode because they have implications. And once you explore the implications later on you become more confident or decide to remove something from the first episode so i guess first episode the biggest part was music the heightened hearing part and a few other things like the company tag of the embellishment and uh, peripheral stuff like auxiliary things that you make that's your favorite parts of uh, the podcast uh, what about you, Jeremy? What are the favorite part? Like, what are the favorite aspects of the podcast you enjoyed? Um, I assume the music because you were the mo- uh, mostly uh, being true uh, yourself with uh, creating the music of the podcast. Uh, did you enjoy that? That's only that's the only part you enjoyed most, or was there any other aspects of the? Because I can see Ben was using uh, he he loved the idea of this. Uh, enduring concepts mm-hmm. inside the story of the how Phillips look around what about you, what about yeah. you? well I, I mean um, the way you described it is very much uh, how Ben thinks and I think that's why we make good partners is because yeah. he's he can like break something down and you know kind of develop everything uh, sort of in isolation and where I sort of need to um, actually do it so it's it's like it's hard for me to come up with a story where I'm more, because I'm a musician, I work a lot in mood, I would right. say. So when I sit down and I, you know, I, I'll maybe have a small idea, but I'm kind of really working off the mood I'm going for. So when I start writing something, it's um, it's mostly in that, that vein that kind of propels my creativity, I would say. Um, and as a musician, it's sort of the same thing. You know, um, the music really... I had written the theme a while ago mm-hmm. in sort of for Michael because I, I already had this idea of how the format should be and I was like, oh, what if there's theme music? And Because he didn't really have that in his, um, in his early work. But um, so I had this theme music lying around so that was kind of done. I really liked it, thought it was catchy. Uh, kind of, it was kind of a, a bit of a shining beacon to the, the dismal atmosphere of the, of the situation he's in. Um, but the, the the music within the podcast uh, sort of came about after uh, Mike had recorded the narration dialogue for us. I had asked him, I was like, okay, well, you know, we have the episode done. Um, can you just like take a few minutes and just record the, you know, all the narration stuff, not the live action stuff, but like the just Phillips narration dialogue. So he did that. And because primarily I already knew in my mind that these sections would likely need music so i got him to record those and then i worked off of his dialogue to sort of write the music and come up with the mood and um, it was it was a little difficult at first kind of getting the feel right but i quickly realized that it was it was good to listen to his voice come up with a mood and an idea and sort of create it on its own right and then fit his dialogue to the music to kind of amplify it and mm-hmm. in a way uh, they can work together simultaneously 
to kind of enhance each other. You know, the music can't be too complicated because then it overpowers the dialogue. And um, so you, you kind of, I feel like it's necessary to make these two elements uh, work together in the best way possible. And for me, that was chopping up the dialogue and fitting it to the music I had come up in the first place by listening to his dialogue. Talking about elements, uh, obviously the first episode is called Fire. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I listened to the podcast for like two, after two, two times, uh, I could see a lot of uh, elements of fire and burning the, the, the re re relative of this idea. Why fire? Why start with the idea of fire as the first episode? I guess the, the biggest part was we wanted to be true uh, to M Michael's original idea as much as possible mm -hmm. and fire was definitely the central theme there mm -hmm. but we realized that we can use the fire as metaphor for a lot of other things either right. the struggle or his hope uh, and it's very elemental like I think it's very intrinsic for all of us fire has been making bonfire I think uh, plays to the prime primordial and primate mm -hmm. in all of us bonfire is so Making fire, I mean, you've definitely seen guys and people fight a lot over who's going to make the fire. Oh, yes. It yes, definitely yes. has. Especially men when it comes to barbecue. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so like, I, think... I have to do it. The dad of the family is the one who's making the barbecue. Yeah. That is true. I guess so you have to make the fire. And I think it is definitely a, um, something like natural in all, in all of us. Yeah. Uh, it's maybe the leader. You, you call the shots. It's the very... Um, pure representation of life of uh, and it has it's a double-edged sword right it brings life it uh, definitely pro uh, propelled uh, or civilization and uh, I mean there's so many stories uh, not stories about theories about how fire allowed us to for example cook so we take no more nutritions out of meat and it allowed that allowed our brain to um, develop even further right and that was maybe one of our advantages over other animals because they just uh, could not mask their fire but at the same time it it can hurt it can uh, destroy a lot of things right, yeah. yeah it certainly has a big concern and there are so many examples of catastrophes due to fire and so we have this love-hate relationship with it and uh, it's everywhere you know yeah I guess uh, I don't know what animals think about it that's <laughs> what I always ask myself like do, do you know for example eagles I know that when they see smoke uh, they associate it with little uh, other like praise running away and exposing themselves so they're attracted to it oh they so think, for the hunting reason yes oh. exactly uh, I mean that's what I've what I've read I don't know I'm not an expert in the, in the subject but <laughs> Uh, it, I think, has this love-hate relationship, life-death relationship. It has a lot. It's a double-edged sword in many different uh, subjects and uh, philosophies. I actually agree because uh, you could think of the idea, this basic idea about fire. It can be love. It can be uh, how 
uh, fear, fear, family, kind of like warmness, uh, uh, closeness, and then burning the fire, the destruction. And then you, you have you heard of the idea when when people say, "Oh, I've seen the fire in his eyes." He's right. excited, but also he's about to do something really dangerous. So this is mm-hmm. a basic idea of fire is really interesting because you can interpret it in different ways of mm-hmm. different ideas. In the podcast, in the episode, I I feel like at the beginning it was more about the danger and the how the sun is danger to the human skin so they are like scared to go he's uh, philip is scared to go outside mm-hmm. but then after that the fire represented itself more like about love uh, towards that wolf uh, towards that animal and then love about his his look he's he's excited he, he really wants to find his family mm-hmm. so that fire that warmness it it has a lot of different uh, aspects and it's really interesting and I, I that was one thing that I really enjoyed about the episode it really intrigued me of, of uh, it, it really connected me to uh, understand uh, the, 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 the the feeling and the amazing of how the struggles is for Philip at that moment, and also the the music obviously helped a lot to bring up that feelings and that um, uh, that uh, how can I say uh, the feelings and 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 uh, um, aspects of 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 the, of the of the of the situation of the dialogue. It was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, music uh, in this way primarily functions to enhance the mood. So uh, I really tried to. You know use it only where i felt you know we needed a bit more of something you know that that the silence wasn't quite enough yeah where you needed uh something from that and also i should say that um when i had written this episode uh, a movie that uh me and mike really liked was the road which one is that uh with uh vigo mortensen it's a post-apocalyptic movie where he's uh he's on a journey with his son and um you know they're trying to get to the coast uh, to warmer weather and uh, but that movie dealt a lot with um, the internal fire, and that's sort of mm-hmm. uh, what I paid homage to when I wrote this episode. Was that movie? Uh, and his, in in a point, his dad mentions, you know, don't ever lose the fire, like that will to live to keep going. And so uh, that's why I primarily wrote this episode to uh, to kind of get Philip his fire back in some way. And so that's that's kind of where that idea came from. Okay, Jeremy, uh, how did you originally start um, connecting yourself to this uh, project? Um, well, my good friend Michael Johnston, I've, I've known him since he was uh, probably 12 or 13 years old, something like that. Uh, we were both active on uh, this website called voiceactingalliance.com. Uh, he was just kind of getting into it and I was, you know, I was doing voice acting and things like that as well. But uh, I had done a little project and I needed a young voice actor and he auditioned and I was like blown away at uh, how good he was. And uh, so we, you know, we got to know each other. Uh, He was interested in animation. He was a really good artist, really good voice actor. He could sing really well. Um, He was really interested in music. So we connected a lot on that. You know, we'd have uh, Skype sessions where we'd just, you know, play chess online or something. Mm -hmm. Or uh, he would have written some kind of... Uh, piece of music and he wanted help with it or you know he was doing animation at that time too so uh, we yeah we got to be good friends and um, he came out with Philip's Apocalypse I I don't remember what year it was but it came out on uh, newgrounds.com oh as part of a um, a voice acting contest so the requirements were that you had to show like 
a multiple variety of, of voices. Right. Uh, so he he basically created Philip's Apocalypse as a story that was recorded over a nursery rhyme tape. So every once in a while, you'd hear the original nursery rhyme kick in. Okay. Like where he left a gap in the mm-hmm. tape or something. Uh-huh. And so he would do the voice of this, you know, little old lady and uh, like reciting this nursery rhyme. And um, and it was interspersed with two different characters of Philip. One was the young one who had just sort of experienced this disaster and was talking about it. And then at the end, it was the older Philip who had been listening to this tape. So it was really cool. And he really kind of created this uh, unique situation and unique world. And is this still in Neil Brown's? Uh, I don't think it's on there anymore. Oh, they took it off. But um, yeah, it's really good. I mean, the original stuff is really good. Um, I don't know how Michael feels about it, but I, I always liked it. <laughs> but uh, he so he made a second episode for it, uh, which dealt with kind of the origin story. And uh, at one point he wanted to, you know, keep going with it. As kind of a, an audio drama we you know we never thought about podcasting at that time it wasn't wasn't too much of a thing back then but um so he made this second episode and it was much more drama style uh it kind of it didn't deal with the tape recording stuff it was all very much like like what we're doing now in sort of that vein and that's uh kind of what really motivated me when i wrote the third episode for him was that sort of style of narration with live action stuff yeah i really really like to have a conversation with michael hopefully one time we can get him and uh, to this podcast and help us i like uh, to talk about how he uh, came up with the idea of philip philip's apocalypse yeah and how he started with the the story so where do you see yourself going with this project guys well um the production is still there and the other part is, as we talked about the importance uh, test audience and audience in general, we think we should uh, find better ways, easier ways to connect to the to our audience. Hopefully, we will have an audience, gain audience, show uh, what we have. So outreach is going to be a big portion of what we have to do. Uh, right now, we are on SoundCloud, iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher. Uh, and we are syndicating and uh, providing our content there and we are trying to connect to our audience and connect to uh, find and sustain our uh, connection to audience with our website passportenstudio.com with a Facebook page with Twitter, Instagram Instagram. and uh, so a big portion of it is right now try to present this to people and hopefully they will like it Mm -hmm. the first episode the only problem is that the first episode is out yet because we've decided that we are going to use the first episode as a demo as a trailer while we are working on the rest of the season and we are currently planning to releasing the entire season at once how many episodes will it be the the first season is going to have 10 episodes Mm -hmm. and um what we are also hoping to do at the same time is Kickstarter. Right. Talk to me about the Kickstarters, guys. Um, well, I mean, as Ben said, um, because we're using the first episode as sort of a trailer, uh, we want it to, to kind of help us uh, fund the rest of the show. Right. Uh, because we are hoping that we can expand the cast. We can... Um, 
get better sound uh, sound effects equipments hopefully one of our bigger deeper visions is to be able to present the story using different mediums this is an audio drama right. so and people at the end of the day need a lot of visual clues and visual representation of what's what they've been hearing so we have this we have realized that it really enhances the experience if we can provide more content through other mediums so maybe uh, at we've made the poster which is going to uh, serve as some visual um, representation of what they've been hearing but we have a lot more ideas about um, going through what Philip has been carrying his, the, let's say the content of his bag mm-hmm. um, some drawing and sketches more from the world we want to present more from the world but it can't be done all done through uh, through the audio so we have to bring a lot of it uh, to life through graphics and uh, maybe music and uh, maybe comics so we have a lot of ideas there um, and or so our plan for Kickstarter is going to actually connect the audience and listener to Philip the Kickstarter is just not going to be a fundraiser in fact it's going to be an aspect if it's going to be successful it's going to be an aspect of the story and it's going to tell its own version of the story and uh, it's not going to be just like if you go through the Kickstarter, you'll learn more, and you'll be engaged more, more with Philip and the, the world. And yes, the world what has place. happened? Yeah, it will give you some uh, uh, insight into the background, into the event, what was the catastrophe, how things un- unraveled. Um, so that's the other part, and of course, um, we need to be able to sustain this, to host it, to uh, maybe attract more talent. We're also planning on doing a Patreon um, campaign at the same time. So that's going to be for the ongoing uh, seasons. Products, yeah. Whatever products. we put out, uh, if some, it's going to have its own perks. Right. And we try to distinguish them. Maybe someone doesn't want to, doesn't like Kickstarter. So we have Patreon help for us that. Yes. Us. So th- th- that's where we're going, where we see ourselves going with it. We are continuing with production, fi- uh, finishing uh, the the plot mm-hmm. and the story, and then uh, making making the world world more comprehensive and uh, more v- uh, more vivid. So, um, in a few months, we're gonna launch uh, or Kickstarter. And uh, we hope that we can stay connected to our audience through this past bedtime talk talks. And uh, another plan that we have is, I think, what probably Jeremy has a few things to talk about, is we are planning on doing a mini series uh, from the Philip's world, different stories, short. Uh, not, it's the soundscape and the music and everything is not going to be as developed as Philips, but it's going to provide some context and some content as, as well for the audience while they're waiting for the um, next episode or season to for come. For the season to yeah. come, they can listen to these few episodes of unrelated stories or, well, that's going to be, uh, I think, the audience's uh, job or whatever uh, to figure out. Yeah, I mean, um, 
I think we were we were both very adamant that we wanted to do this podcast in a seasonal format because um you know it takes a lot of work to produce one episode uh not only just the music and the writing and the sound effects but the acting as well um i think we wanted to keep this story kind of contained and not let things run on by being burdened with you know producing a new episode every month or right. or something right. every two weeks or whatever um so i think you know we I, I was thinking of it actually from the very beginning. I was thinking of this uh, Philip's Apocalypse going into it as like a, a Netflix series. Oh, so everything just you know, bang! Right. It comes out at, at once, and you can binge watch or binge listen or whatever like that. And it gives us time to really develop things and not be constrained by a you know a deadline to kind of half-ass a story and uh, you know kind of pump it out. So we I think we really wanted to maintain creative control. Right. By making it a seasonal format. And, you know, that's part of the reason why um, each episode begins with a monologue. Yeah. Kind of relating to the recap. content. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not only a, like a recap, but um, as the episodes go on, they sort of deal with uh, the one word title of each episode. I see. And they sort of they sort of deal in, in all its aspects in that way. So they're. The monologues are almost like essays, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, and then you hear intro music with our fabulous announcer. Uh, so in that way, you know, it's very much like a TV show. And I think we wanted to. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever done something like that before. Well, I, I personally haven't heard it. And I hope that they, uh, the audience will enjoy what we've done. Yeah. And they will be able to connect to our vision. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Past Bedtime Talks. Thank you so much for joining us. Join us next time as I sit down with other enthusiasts, creators, and listeners for another roundtable discussion. Have a good day and night.